Oh, hey, hey guys. guys. Hi. How are you? It's so good to have uh, you back. I forgot how to do this. It's been yeah, two me too. weeks and I already forgot how to talk. How, how do I sorry. talk? I'm sorry. It's I'm all panicking. my fault. So I'll, I'll explain uh, to our listener, uh, all, all one of them. Uh, I actually heard from listener. Uh, hi, Jacob. Uh, that uh, they missed hi. us last week. Uh, we missed us last week because... Uh, I had to run up in a hustle to uh, take a look at our new house and go for the inspection because we bought a house that we had never actually set foot in before. Uh, and so, you know, make sure everything was okay with that. So <laughs> it's my fault. Everybody blame me. You can hate me on Mastodon. It's uh, at Jason at ESQ.social. I think we all uh, had you- things going on, right? So we would have, like, it was just a race to who was going to cancel first, to be fair to Jason. Yeah. I was the I was the hardest cancel. I was yeah. the most firm in, in canceling. So I'm I'm happy to be the lightning rod for the cancellation. Sorry, well, listener. While we're doing, can I do my own apology now? Oh, I have boy. an apology. Yeah. Okay. I would yeah. like to apologize to our listener uh, who listened to last episode about all the background noise that was happening on the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have been using ZenCaster as a crutch to eliminate our background noise. At least I have. I guess. And then it broke. And so Andrew had to put together our our audio files himself. And unfortunately, that meant all of my uh, strong exhales out of my nose got caught in full in full view by my microphone in in a way that was very unpleasant. Uh, So apologies. I've rectified the situation. I've invested my good hard cash and uh, $25 worth into getting an actual microphone stand. Is that uh, the thing so... that I see on the screen here that looks like it's uh, like a red insect zapper on your screen? The red, the red insect zapper is the microphone I've been using this whole time, actually. Okay. Uh, but now you can see it because it's a, cause it's a tall boy now. Yeah. Um, it's important for a... microphones to light up. I think yeah. uh, I'm as I see yours lighting up. I now realize I, I feel the absence of lights on mine, and I I feel sort of self conscious about that. It's even yeah. cooler because I'm not going to do it now because it would hurt the episode. But if you touch the top of it, it mutes, and then the light turns mm-hmm. off. Okay, and oh. then it's it's a cool. cool but does effect. it make a big bang 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 noise when you hit it to mute it? Oh yeah, that's it's capacitive. I could do it. I don't make me do it. Don't make me mute myself. I'm going to mute. Uh. Well, that wasn't bad. It just happened. Okay, and now yeah. now okay. I'm back. No, that was good. I didn't yeah. hear a pop or anything. Okay, yeah. uh, you've got the microphone where you could be a bona fide Twitch streamer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. It is a. It is a gamer microphone. It is. Yeah. It is for it gamers. Looks, it looks like a gamer microphone. Yes. Hey, and we uh, both invested in stands, so now we can type yeah. while we we can quickly look things up to pretend we know what we're talking about. We don't know yeah. what we're talking about. I should get that out of the way really quickly. Uh, this is Aquiring Minds episode twenty for June twenty second, twenty twenty three. The show is just three lawyer friends goofing around for our own enjoyment. Nothing we say should be taken as legal advice. Um, we're jettisoning the Supreme Court barbecue intro music, so we're still looking for Sad. some intrepid and talented uh, listener that can perform some sort of musical feat of music for us, or just hodgepodge something together that's Anything. better than supreme court barbecue with ai yeah. music generators yeah if that you're was not... a scat singer i would That'd love be great. to hear what you've got going on there it is it's just the start of fraser basically is, yeah. is, is what we're looking for uh, something in scrambled eggs what scramble, is it tossed toss salad and, and scrambled eggs yeah wonder what uh, they're calling again <laughs> Uh, I'm. Are we doing intros? We should do intros. Yeah, sorry. I'm one of those friends. I'm Andrew yes. Leahy. I'm a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. I'm joined as always by Jake. Yes, I've already got my apology out of the way. Yay! Okay. I'm a construction and land use attorney. Uh, yeah, uh, and I just, as part of being a land use attorney, I was at a meeting last night until 10 p.m. and oh, the no. meeting kept going oh, on for yeah. a couple more hours. So yeah. I packed uh, up those left. days. Huh? You left while it was still going. Well, I I had two things that I was doing, and oh, okay. then those got taken care of. Uh, yeah. I wasn't going to make them pay for me to sit and watch them talk right. about other stuff. So that makes sense. after you know after yeah. yeah, you do have to make you do make them uh, pay they, you they to def- sit they, and wait for it to start. Yes, sadly mm, yeah. they do have to. <laughs> they pay that money. Yeah. Um, if only if everything was done. Ver- no, it would still be the same. Yeah, it's um, Yeah, and that other okay. voice we're hearing—that's Jason Ramesland. Hello, a, I'm Jason uh, Ramesland. 
He's an employment attorney extraordinary. And he's an anti-work lawyer. We, we made it clear last time. You're not anti-woke. You're anti-work. Yeah. You're against I, working. I mean, I like working. I right. Even if I didn't have to work anymore, I'd probably still work because I find this work fulfilling and I like helping people. But uh, I am anti-work in the sense of, you know what? The whole wage slave thing that the late stage capitalism... Uh, has going on. Uh, just, just not great. And so I'm anti-work in that sense. Let's, uh, you know, treat each other with, like, like Harry Styles says, uh, maybe we could find a way uh, to, oh gosh, I'm going to get it wrong, D- to treat each other with kindness, you know, find hmm. a way to feel good. <laughs> is that what he says? Is that, is that there, was he the first person to say that? No, no, but there's a Harry <laughs> yeah. Styles song. I have a third grader. There's, he's a, there's a, a Sesame Street assembly. song. <laughs> you got yeah. Yeah, help somebody you need. Got a little kindness. Oh, yeah. It's like a uh who is it? Uh no, it's not Josh Groban. Never I'm gonna think about it. There's but, a ki- well, kindness that's... is a muscle, work it out, gotta hustle. That was a, like a PBS kids thing that it will be one of the last thoughts that goes through my brain as it dies. It's seared in there from my daughter watching some little video over <laughs> yeah. and over again. Well, two out of three of us have sung so far in the episode. So Andrew, you're you're gonna complete the uh, cycle here. At some at some point, at some you point, sing. yeah, I'll come up with something. I'll, I'll sing the intro yeah. music. I'll do the Fraser uh, scat, about, uh, <laughs> yeah. toss salads nice. and scrambled eggs. Um, okay, so we have a lot of like I think it's like a hodgepodge we're going to talk about today. But I I think our mini it's topic, always a hodgepodge because we all kind of have an interest in baseball and we and Jason and I can at least laugh at what's going on in Oakland and Las Vegas and oh Jake please can, don't can cry about what's going on in in Oakland and will <laughs> soon be going on in Las Vegas it seems. Yeah. Um, so your A's, your precious A's, they're as mm-hmm. good as gone now. Yeah, I mean, unless the the owners pull a real surprise there, or right. Washington comes and saves us, uh, help me, Marco Rubio. You're my only hope. Uh, oh, true. Yeah, the, no, no public uh, funds for stadiums. Yeah, he he suddenly jumped on that out of nowhere. Well, yeah. So, um, so last time we talked about this last time, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, about me being angry, I was already kind of resigned to the idea that the a- we the A's could not be captured, could not be brought back. And right. at the time, there was talk, and I didn't really get it. I didn't think it made a lot of sense of doing a reverse boycott game, where you know the A's management has been saying, "Oh, we have to move because A's fans don't show up to games. Our average attendance is like a seven thousand, eight thousand." We have to move because they're right. not supporting the team. Our, our fans are so bad. Um, and the idea was, let's prove them wrong by sh- by everybody showing up to this game. And <laughs> the uh, and I was like, OK, we're going to protest by giving this dude money. Uh, it didn't make sense to me. But then the A's went on a six game winning streak as this planned boycott reverse boycott game came up. And uh, suddenly I was, I was all hype about it. And also ticket numbers started coming in and there was like, okay, we've got 12,000 people coming. We got 18,000 people coming and it just kept going up and up and up. And, it, and, uh, and a lot of you might've seen the, the news. Uh, there were 33,000 tickets sold 28,500 showed up. It was a mess because they weren't prepared for 28,000 attendees for this. There right. was a K-pop <laughs> concert going on across the street uh, at the uh, Oracle, at the arena where the Warriors used to play. Nice. And it was, the crowd was nuts. I was watching that game and the stadium is still half empty because the Oakland, one of the biggest problems of the Coliseum, this thing has been garbage for like over 20 years. Uh, one of the biggest problems with the Coliseum is that it has too many seats. It has like 90,000 seats right. because it's a mixed right. use stadium with the Raiders mm-hmm. who have left. It and has that so, whole upper deck that is just never has, used, right? It has is that, the upper is that deck. Even, yeah. Yeah. That was used for Raiders games, but was, right. hasn't been used for A's games ever. And the third deck, which was cut off from A's games in like the, I want to say 2008 or 2007. Right. Um, and that, upper deck on that is never used um was like a al davis al davis special situation from the 90s to try to get the raiders to come back it was a whole a lot of this this history goes back so long and it has to do with both the a's what they did to get the what oakland did to get the raiders back the money they took out to get the raiders back the Giants who refused to let the A's leave Oakland as a city and go somewhere else in the Bay Area. 
Um, but the crowd, even with ha- a half full stadium, the crowd was crazy, electrifying. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the imagery was kind of weird because you know you got this top top uh, this top rank that isn't full at all. But right. uh, man, it was it was cool, and everybody was coordinated. They had thousands and thousands of shirts that just said "sell" on them. They had, oh yeah, the jerseys, yeah, yeah. Because just to be clear, um, so they averaged like seventy nine hundred uh, uh, attendees to it to a game yeah. is what I saw, right? So this was like what four or five times that, right? So quite a turnout, yeah. yeah. And like the best, the best day. It was a Tuesday. It was specifically set for a Tuesday night against the Rays because the Rays might be good, but they're not a draw. Nobody comes out to see the Rays when they're out of town. Right, right. Uh, and it's a Tuesday night on a night when nobody would, it's not like a popular night. So right. the point was, this would have normally had like 4,000 people at it. Uh, and to this time they got like 30,000. Um, and there were still, it's crazy. The stadium was more full in the ninth inning than it was in the fifth inning because people just kept wow. filtering in. Uh, because they the parking lots filled up by like the second inning, um, just and they already had huge lines, so they had it was like electrifying. There were these huge chants the exact same day, and they end up beating the Rays. And the Rays are they maybe the best team in baseball right now. They, they are. are the best. They have the uh, best yeah. record, and yep. it's not close either. They, no. they they're like four or five games better than the Braves, who are like just killing it on top of their division. <laughs> So yeah, they're I, good. They had like a twenty-game win streak earlier this season. Yeah, they are. They are. But to your point, they don't draw because they're not particularly exciting. They're like what the A's originally were—these sort of sabermetric team. You know what I mean? They yeah, small yeah. hits, small ball, win the games. Not taken away from them, but that doesn't really that isn't a big draw for for most people. And they're well, and they're and, from uh, Tampa. They betrayed. And they're from Tampa. They betrayed oh, yeah. their fans the same way that the Marlins did, where they they had a great roster uh, back in like 20, 2009, 10, mm-hmm. 11, where they had like a bunch of big hitters who like became at that time big names, and they just sold them all off, like yeah. like the Marlins do every time they get good. Uh, so not a draw, but that's great. You know, I I have a little bit of nausea at the sort of reverse boycott thing. Me too. Uh, if we're taking, uh, let's say. Ordinarily, there would have been 4,000 fans at this game. Let's be generous and let's say that there would have been 8,000 fans at the game. And there were 33,000. Uh, so we have 25,000 extra people. Let's say pretty cheaply that the average ticket price is 40 bucks. You just put a million dollars into the coffer for this guy with yeah. your protest. Like, yeah. that is not a good protest. No. I, hey, I, I, so here's the thing. Yes, it gave, it gave them a million bucks. Like, congrats, you got your million bucks. But the, you know, this is like a pride thing. And also it was a party. Uh, It was a million dollars to throw a tremendous party for like a going away party for the Oakland days. Mm. Uh, And also it it kind of totally, it was got this issue, a lot of attention where before it was very, it was much more niche. It was like, you know, people just say, oh, sad, but too bad. They kind of had to. Uh, right. But this is like, a, I think it showed for a lot of people that the passion is there. And like, you'll never get that with the Las Vegas A's. They, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders have complained about how they don't really have a home field advantage because they don't have a home crowd right. really that comes out. Uh, oh. And they're turning these Las Vegas we have no athletics. Home. They're just Raiders uh, just marauding in the desert in, yeah. Las, in Nevada. No, no offense, home. Brandon. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they're they're going to no turn. Home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're turning these athletics into like a tourist attraction, basically for out of town right. people right. to come see their team on at uh, in Las Vegas. Let me uh, ask you and, this: yeah. Have you have you ever gone on a trip? And we're going to no. eliminate eliminate the trips. <laughs> that are specifically for the purpose of going to see a baseball game in another city. Have you ever gone on a trip to another city and said, uh, oh, fun activity, let's go see a baseball game in this city that we don't live in? Like, for yeah, me, the answer is no, not, I, you have. Okay, I went to see I wouldn't even the, think of it. the Redbird. Okay, no, twice. I went to see the Cardinals when I went to St. Louis. Okay. Uh, and I had a good time. I also went to yeah. see the Redbirds when I was in Memphis. Okay. Uh, and But I'm that's, you know... I would do. I would do that. I would, um, but would you do I, I don't it? Fault you. But no, I no. Would, would you do it like on a trip to Las Vegas? Like so, you no, do on some sort of trip like that. 
That's you go like, to, like go to Florida, go to Disneyland, and then uh, take a run over right. to, to see the race. Nobody's doing right. that. Right. No. Right. Nobody's go. Nobody's coming to Orlando and then going to see watch a Solar Bears game. Um, right. That's we're not. They're not doing that. Um, that's a like that. I did those things because that was like one of the big things to do. St. Louis loves the Cardinals, and they have a lot of stuff geared towards Cardinals games. And and seen Cardinals for Las Vegas games, is a great not experience. Been- yeah. Las Vegas is not going to be that way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Las Vegas is not going to reorient itself around the yeah. athletics. <laughs> right. Are uh, they even still the athletics? I, that's a stupid I, question. God, are they now the A's? if they aren't. They're just the A's? Uh, they haven't the said. Aces. Well, no, they are the athletics right now. Ooh, okay. They haven't said whether they're going to keep Ooh. that name. Though Rob Manfred, and I'll get to him later, has said that <laughs> John Fisher, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of MLB, right. has said that John Fisher owns the athletics. He's uh, the gap guy. It, the one of the craziest confluences of events regarding this reverse boycott is that it was the same day that the F- Nevada legislature passed the incentive bill to basically give the the athletics organization three hundred uh, over three hundred million dollars yeah yeah three hundred eighty million dollars in tax incentives to come to the state so it was like such and then the A's won. It was such like a perfect confluence to get everybody talking about it. Um, and after that, you know, a lot of people started talking about it that otherwise weren't. And they right. started asking uh, Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, about it. And he has the worst, absolute worst possible response, which is like he basically makes fun of the fans and said, this is it. Oh, g- congrats to them on bringing out an average major, major league baseball crowd to this. Yeah. Um, which is he was funny a big law guy, right? Before, but isn't that he came from like Gibson Dunn or something? Was he? I think he was a yeah partner someplace. He he has that scent yeah. wafting off of him. Uh, but it's the maximum capacity of the proposed stadium in Vegas is thirty three thousand seats. Yeah, that is so the I, maximum. That I, I want to talk about that <laughs> quickly. The other thing about the reverse uh, boycott, though, is what I thought is it does show there's value there if Fisher was interested in selling to for potential buyers too. I mean, yeah, there, mm-hmm. that is an upside to the reverse boycott, right? Like this is what you might see. This is the return on investment you might expect if you you know treated the team with some respect or whatever. But yeah, to your point, thirty thousand <laughs> is it thirty three? I thought it was thirty thousand. And oh, one maybe point, it was thirty. I think it's 30,000 seat stadium, $1.5 billion, which is on mm-hmm. par with Yankee Stadium yeah. and uh, City yeah. Field and any of the larger stadiums. It's, Truist. I think part, yeah, part of the cost is because it's going to be domed, which also I kind of thought we weren't really doing that anymore. I get you need to do that in Las, in Vegas because otherwise yeah. the players are yeah, going to cook. too hot. But that might also be a really good reason to not play baseball in the desert. Maybe yeah. that's just don't do it at all. If you know what I mean? Like, Wild idea. Yeah, maybe someplace else, anyplace else. I mean, yeah. what about the Bay Area where you n- absolutely know it's not going to rain between May and September? Like, it's just like, I don't know Is if you knew that there? about the Bay Area. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we know, okay, this is, once you hit like May, there is 0% chance of rain the rest right. of the, the rest of, until uh, fall. Well, to um, be fair, that's probably true in Nevada, too. Except let's, it's like yes, 100, 127 let, degrees and you'll, let's, you'll boil in the outfield. Let's tie this all back to Esquiring Minds topics uh, sure. that we can really nail on and put a little bow on this mini topic, which we, of course, have taken to 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, first, uh, Rob Manfred came from the firm uh, Morgan Lewis, a big law firm, multinational okay. law firm. Uh, and so that ties back Philly to firm. the... That ties back to the Esquiring Minds theme that Big Law sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and theme number two is a pet topic of Andrew's that you write about pretty frequently, I think, which is yeah. stop using public money to fund stadiums. It's dumb. It's a race to the bottom economically, and it doesn't actually make money back for the taxpayers. Stop doing it. Yes. that that I mean, that is pretty much the entire argument. It's a race to the bottom, be, and the cities that lose out are the ones that can obviously least afford to throw money at these billionaires to move the teams to. So in, in this particular one, it's $380 million of public financing they've agreed mm-hmm. to uh, for the $1.5 billion, 30,000-seat stadium. The funding is going to come from $120 million in bonds issued by Clark County, combined with revenue from a special tax district, and uh, no property tax for probably indefinitely. All of those are terrible plans. Uh, it's using public funds to basically line the pockets of the Gap family, and uh, the property tax thing will be something. Will be a, a uh, an albatross around Las Vegas's neck for 
30 years. Oh, they have to stay. That is one thing. They have to stay and play for at least 30 years uh, in order to not have okay. to repay all those those mm. bonds. Okay. Whatever. But for 30 years, that. that's, you know, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right when you're amortizing the, the that $380 million worth of benefits uh, out yeah. over the course of 30 years, that feels a little bit better. Although right. I can pretty well promise you that in 12 years, they're going to come in and say, hey, we need a whole bunch of public money to oh, yeah. uh, to renovate this stadium that's now falling apart. All yeah. the bonds will get kicked further and further down the road. But also there has been like pretty exhaustive economic uh, um, studies into whether or not uh, these sorts of stadiums and, and sports arenas do anything for the community around them. And they absolutely don't. And the best the, the the best argument for it being a good idea is just that it does not harm the area immediately around the stadium. Uh, <laughs> most of the studies actually show the opposite. And like just sort of, I mean, anecdotes are not data, right? But just think about the area immediately around any sports stadium you can think of. Not the best part of the city, not the highest property values, not a lot of like, say, grocery stores or any of the sorts of things you would need to be able to live around there. And right. the people who work in the stadiums oftentimes can't afford to live around the stadiums and they're traveling right. from who knows where. So it is not the thing, this like this idea that it's a big job uh, creator and it's, you know, such a big, it's a central, it's a tourist point for, for, you know, everybody's going to be coming into the town and uh, to both of your points, just as you don't travel to, for the most part, other than Jake, you don't travel to some foreign city and then uh, just go take in a baseball game. You don't go to a baseball game and then quickly go to a mall or go shopping afterwards. You just don't, you go in to do that one thing and that's it. And so, yeah, this is economically terrible for uh, Nevada. I, I I will say it does like the Las Vegas trip almost makes that make more sense because though I'm how even on the strip is it? I, I don't know how close it is to the strip. But, it's the Trump uh, Canada, right? Isn't it? Yeah. They're going to knock I, down the Trump. Yeah. I think they're already knocking it down and it's like they're going to knock it down no matter what. Um, but the... Uh, you know, that's already a place where they don't really have grocery stores and they don't have right. people living there really. So that's like true. in mm-hmm. that way, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. You add it to the list of, of the list of things, activities that you can do alongside the shows. Oh, yeah. you didn't get, you didn't want to spend the money on the show. So instead you'll go see a baseball game, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. You know, and congratulations, MLB. You, you got added to the list of things to do on, on, in Las Vegas. Uh, doesn't seem like a great, <laughs> like a great landing spot. Maybe no. I'm sure they are also interested in gambling money. I don't know why why they would. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it used to, to be, be they were trying Vegas to keep that, that sort of separate, and now I think that's why Las Vegas is more in play because gambling yeah. is basically funding all of baseball. It seems. Yeah, all yeah. of professional sports. It seems like. Yeah. Um. So, I. I don't know how being there actually helps them when it comes to that, but uh, they seem to really want it because they're like waving. So next step is the owners. And I guess it's possible that because our, our favorite Senator Marco Rubio and a few others, and also California, (laughs) California legislators are like threatening MLB's antitrust exemption over this plus completely unrelated, like culture war stuff. Yeah, uh, that somebody actually spooks some MLB owners, but I doubt it. Like, hey, no, I don't, they I, don't seem to care very and, much. By all means, end the special treatment for baseball's labor union. Like, yes, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Don't give them special treatment. It's that's special treatment for rich guys. And you know what? While we're at it, let's take away more stuff from rich guys. Let's uh, eliminate the exe- stupid exemption on the overtime in the FLSA for movie theater workers and the guys who sell your popcorn at the stadium. I don't know about Just that one, but I'm with you. You, you seem all, animated it about down. it. So. Turn it all down. <laughs> I'm with um, you. I, honestly, I was going to like go into a whole history of John Fisher being a bad A's owner. Uh, but we've already talked about this for two, 24 minutes. So. Okay. So we'll, <laughs> so we'll move on. I will spare you guys. <laughs> we'll move on to the next thing. We have our we have choices. So we're ready. We're, we're meeting up on billionaires. We want to further do it and quickly touch on Elon Musk and uh, oh, yeah. Zuckerberg going into a cage match. Heck How yeah. about but let's move from beating up on billionaires to billionaires beating on each other? Yeah, nice. I'm all for it. the Elon Zuck cage match. Nice. I think we're living in like a golden age of billionaires, like billionaire hubris. And if it could yes. at least be entertaining for us, right? They're they're running for president. They're 
getting in uh, old propane tanks and going down to the Titanic. And now two oh, of them are going to <laughs> two of them are going to uh, be that was that was Andrew who, who made that comment. Just don't get angry at Jason or Jake. <laughs> they do not. Anything I say is only my thoughts, not theirs. Anyway, um, so apparently I don't know how this started. I just saw it before we started recording. Elon issued some sort of threat to, to, to Zuckerberg. Is that right? And Zuckerberg said, like, let's pick a place. Okay, so yeah. Musk put up on Twitter uh, something to the effect that he was up for a cage fight with Zuck, like uh, throwing down the gauntlet. And apparently Zuck uh, posted a screenshot of the tweet. I guess I assume he did this on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> okay. Posted a screenshot of the tweet uh, with the caption, send me location. Uh, and so like <laughs> perfectly human I mean, thing to say. This is the kind of stuff that starts, you know, you can see the Logan Paul-esque brief, beef uh, like starting yeah. up here. Uh, and uh, Musk apparently then replied to that. I don't know what venue this is on because surely Zuck's not doing this on Twitter and Musk's not doing this on Instagram or <laughs> Facebook, whatever. Uh, but apparently Musk responds with saying, just two words, Vegas Octagon, which is like the Octagon <laughs> is the uh, the arena that Ultimate Fighting Championship, like MMA fighters, fight each other in. Uh, and Wait, so Musk said I, that. Musk said uh, Musk replied to Zuck's response with Vegas Octagon. Yeah. Okay. okay. That that seems okay. Uh, that seems like a stupid. By the oh, by the way, are we in agreement that there's a zero percent chance that Musk actually goes through with it? Yeah, uh, y- yeah. What, okay. Musk no, is no. fifty two and he's uh, a bit doughy. I don't. I mean, I don't think. I think yeah. he ha- he stands to look like a, an idiot. I, I think he so. goes. I think he does this. This is the Twitter purchase of fighting challenges. Where he's going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to beat him up. And then he, you know, comes up with some excuse like, oh, no, the Vegas regulators wouldn't let us. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they um, couldn't be sanctioned. Sorry. Like, they got to go like you, rumble in the jungle. They got to go to Zaire to do this because yeah. no one, no, no one stateside <laughs> will let them do it. Yeah. Only a, only a moron would have thought I actually meant that. That was clearly a joke. I don't obviously, think obviously obviously what yeah. I meant was that we're going to have a lively debate inside of an yeah. octagon a, an octagonal stage like right oh. well so yeah. uh, apparently he already started kind of walking it back a little bit because then he tweeted okay. uh I have this great move that I call the walrus this is Musk I have this great move that I call the walrus where I just lie on top of my opponent and I do nothing and then he said he never works out except for picking up his kids and throwing them in the air so that sounds to me like that has the feel of you yeah. shot your mouth off and now you're kind of like, ha ha yeah. ha, you know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna, how and can I get out of this? Out, and then he found out that Zuckerberg's actually been doing MMA training because he's the other kind of billionaire. He's right. the, I'm a, I'm a fighter billionaire. The, yeah. Uh, Ken, yeah. He's, he's the Kendall Roy. Uh, of, right. uh, uh, he's got that going for him. So this I'm, trope goes all the way back to, uh, I'm sure it goes back before this, but, uh, there was a, like a series of episodes on Friends. About yeah, this. yeah, so you yeah. Remember that John Favreau was like yes. dating Monica <laughs> Geller on Friends, and like his passion, he, like randomly one day, his his true passion is uh, is ultimate fighting, and he starts doing <laughs> yeah. that thing. Like, yeah, rich guys like to bare knuckle punch <laughs> each other or something. I guess I don't know. Look, he grew up in the Fight Club era, you know. Mm, yeah, that's true. As as did yeah. I. Zuck, I mean, yeah. Zuck is our age. He's 39. Yeah. And so, and and if he's 39 and he's been training and, uh, you know, the perhaps less than ideally physically fit Musk, uh, mm-hmm. just like, of course he's backing off. Of course he's backing off. Yeah. It's too bad. I would love, I would love for that to happen just because it would be terrible for both of them. I think. Yeah. Um, there's no winners in that. I don't think. No. It's hard for oh, me well, to if, heartily endorse Schadenfreude like that of watching somebody <laughs> get pummeled by somebody else that I also don't like, uh, but you know it's hard to resist that temptation too. I, was, I I do think it would be great for Musk if he won, just because he's like he is that level of maturity where that would be like the biggest thing in the world for to him if he had won. Mm-hmm. But I also am just very confident he would lose. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think we've beaten that uh, that Musk and or Zuckerberg into the into the ground. <laughs> that walrus, yeah, that, walrus, that walrus, yeah, the walrus. Um, so you guys want to talk a little bit about ChatGPT? We have some updates on that, right? This was another uh, sort of yeah. 
Jake, sorry, not on ChatGPT, on the ChatGPT lawyer story. This was the story yeah. we talked about two weeks ago, I think, or maybe four weeks ago now, where the attorney this wrote is like, the... Yeah, it's like a hot developing topic. Like, this is hot off the presses, happened today, right? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Jake, you re- did you read this whole... I have yeah. thoughts generally, but go on. Sorry. I didn't read the whole thing. There's like a 50... Uh, there was like a bunch of factual findings that I didn't... Yeah. Like, look, we all know what happened. Um, so recap from last time, I think it was two weeks ago, um, a lawyer, uh, who was acting as a proxy for another lawyer, probably unlawfully, uh, cited a bunch of fake cases generated by chat GPT, uh, doubled down without realizing that chat GPT, um, makes up cases and submitted fake copies of cases when asked to provide copies and then got busted. Um, and went before the court and was basically pleading for mercy because they were like, man, we didn't know that ChatGPT did this. We didn't know. Uh, I've never okay. used it before. Yeah. Can uh, we pause there for a second? Because this is yeah. where I, I had my realization. I scrolled through and I hadn't actually read the cases that he had provided. Um, mm-hmm. I read the the brief or whatever, but I didn't read this, the supposed cases. This There's more to this. They're scapegoating AI because I have attempted to get ChatGPT to write something like what they have presented as cases and it just doesn't and oh really i would love to hear what the prompt was that got chat gpt to just spit out an entirely fictional case i think this is we talked about it two weeks ago we said that we thought that this wasn't really an ai story as much as it was like a malpractice story or you know the more to the point was that he was you know scapegoating or i'm sorry not scapegoating he was uh this other attorney he was a front for this other attorney this other not barred attorney right Mm -hmm. or barred but not not admitted to practice in that state or whatever um I think that there was a lot more. Uh, they knew what they were doing more than they're letting on. They tweaked the prompt. They edited what came out. They said, "Yeah, that." But in, you know, let's talk a little bit more about the facts of the case. That if you just play with ChatGPT and ask it to even even explicitly ask it to make up a case where there's somebody who got injured and bankruptcy stayed the proceeding, uh, stayed the statute of limitations or whatever they claim this said, it doesn't just spit out a case like that. Hmm. Uh, you know, reading. That's interesting because, you know, he had different, they had different fonts within those cases. Right. And that mm-hmm. was something the judge noticed. <laughs> yeah. And so the, why would it do that? It didn't. He wrote, he wrote a decent portion of that and ChatGPT filled in the gaps or something. But they were, they were more actively meddling, fiddling around. They knew what they were doing more than they're letting on. Hmm. Yeah. I think. And, and that now they're caught and they're going to, uh, but I mean, what that, that t- t- tells you is, or what the question it raises is what did they think was going to happen? Like what yeah. best case scenario, what happens, right? Like, so let's just assume for the sake of argument, they knew what they were doing and they were using chat GPT to generate fake cases that you know made the argument they wanted, but they definitely knew they were fake, right? Best case scenario for them. Do they expect opposing counsel to just read them and go, Oh, oh okay. Well, yeah. Without never looking. mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Maybe. That, that's it. Is that even remotely? You guys know better than me. Is that even remotely plausible? No, I don't think so. I in this not really. in this instance where it's not like some like discovery motion. It is right. a motion to dismiss for statute of limitations based on law that this firm practices all the time. Right. Uh, no, they that would because it would totally change like things that they've been doing forever, uh, or right. like thoughts that they've had on their law that they practice forever. If there was yeah. case law saying the exact opposite of what they knew to be true, right. they would look at it very hard. Um, that would That's the sort of thing that would be immediately like whatever list serves that you're on for the bar association, whatever practice uh, groups that you're a part of, like this is something where they would immediately like be shooting off rockets. Hey, bulletin, uh, you right. need to know yeah. about this thing right now. Uh, and it would have been taught at every single topical CLE that year. Like pe- they would have known these things. And I, I didn't look at when these things are dated from. Uh, there was but I can't like imagine. 1992 and like, you know, yeah. it was like old, old law, supposedly. Like 2000. Yeah. I don't know There's when just, Varghese was, but. Yeah, I don't see a date I, on it. I can't look into their minds and like imagine what they thought the consequence was going to be. But I can say that anytime that you receive an order that says opinion and order on sanctions and the (laughs) order is 34 pages long before you get to the appendices and exhibits, like that's big trouble for you. And God help them. I, 
I don't know how they got off with a penalty of just $5,000. I think that there's probably more coming down the pike later. Yeah. Uh, but perhaps the worst part of this whole thing is in, on page 34 in uh, conclusion paragraph B that says, within 14 days of this order, respondents shall send via first class mail a letter individually addressed to each judge falsely identified as the author of the fake <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six opinions. The letter shall identify and attach this opinion in order, a transcript of the hearing, a copy of the April 25 affirmation, including the fake opinion attributed to the recipient judge. Uh, that is the most embarrassing thing that I could possibly imagine happening is having to write that letter, send that letter. Uh, and uh, you now have to eat your hat with all of those judges too, like mortifying. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get, we didn't actually get to the result yet, but yeah, yeah $5,000, oh, $5,000 fine for them. They have to write this embarrassing letter, but like, yeah, the the that's it. Like that was it. And I think a lot of people thought they got off light. I was surprised that the judge didn't refer to them, refer them to for discipline. And the judge barely commented on the fact that it like a lawyer was basically just acting as an intermediary for a lawyer that wasn't admitted in that federal district. That was the situation. Oh, right, was okay. he wasn't admitted to in the in the federal district of New York, but was admitted in the state. Right, easy peasy admission. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. crazy to me. I, my hunch about this, this is judge Castell, uh, Castell. I, I don't know where the uh, emphasis goes. Uh, my hunch is that judge already knows has already been contacted by the bar disciplinary commission or somebody who is responsible for prosecuting this sort of thing, uh, and knows that there's something else coming and doesn't really want to step into that because District court judges in federal courts aren't the ones who are going to make the decision about somebody's bar right. status in the state bar. I am surprised, and maybe there's a separate mechanism in the district courts for this, and thank God I just don't know about it. Uh, I am surprised that there was no comment about revoking their admission to practice in the district court. Uh, mm. Yeah, because for, La, I think for that, Laduca, at least, because Schwartz was never admitted. Right, right, right. Uh, so I'm a little bit surprised by that, but maybe there's a mechanism for, you know, ejecting somebody, not ejecting, uh, uh, rescinding somebody's admission to practice before yeah. that particular court. Maybe it doesn't happen in an order like this. Maybe you got to put up a panel of district yeah, court I judges think, or something. Yeah. I, I think in my district, there's a panel that handles admission and admission issues and like discipline issues. Um, yeah. And then of course, and then that the thing about bar discipline is once one bar has kicked you out, it's the other bars are all going to, I think it, in some cases it's a, it's like actually the law, which is if you're, dis, uh, if you're like disbarred or disciplined in one state, you're automatically disciplined in the other one. Mm -hmm. um, it's called a, a reciprocal, reciprocal suspension or something like that here. That would make um, sense. Yeah. Especially so for something like, like this, where it's not like, well, you know, it's not simply you did something that is uh, not permitted in this state, but in or in this district, but in any, you know, in many other districts, it would be permitted. This is, you know, yeah, crossing no. the line anywhere <laughs> around the world, across yeah. languages. Yeah. yeah. You don't really got to think too hard to know whether or not submitting a false, <laughs> a fake case to the court is considered uh, no. not allowed. Um, the other I thing say, I... Go I'm ahead. too lazy to do this, but uh, if so, maybe a listener will do it. Uh, you know, our one listener will we'll task them with doing this. I don't think that I'm looking at the cases that were supposedly written by ChatGPT. I think that uh, the character count is too high for what ChatGPT will give you in one go. So I don't mm. think you could just even if you did somehow craft a prompt that would say, "Write me a case that says that China Airlines, you know, whatever the whole thing, Vargas." Um, I don't think you could get this in one go. So you would still have to go back and say finish it or or yeah. give me some what's more what's the next or paragraph right yeah like what's uh, maybe, the next yeah, paragraph? maybe maybe that i mean i would like to see that those questions be asked because i bet yeah. they don't have answers to those questions so like walk me through this you you just keep saying oh, i use chat gpt i thought it was a uh, a database that i could search and i didn't know that it could make something up out of whole cloth okay fine in order for that to be even remotely plausible, explain to me how you use ChatGPT because that's going right. to tell the tale, right? If if you're saying it, all like, are you responding with, with a, uh, an update, a, a secondary prompt saying like, um, right, but make it more, uh, make it stronger, get better for me, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, make the <laughs> argument stronger for me, right? 
that would be a tell that you kind of knew that this was not a database. This was, you know, yeah. the equivalent mm-hmm. of asking somebody to, to, to forge something for you or to make something up. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if they did that, then there's, then they would be completely, I think there's no way if the judge thought that they did that, right. then they're gone. Uh, I think they, he's not holding back at all. I could definitely tell that the judge was kind of holding back because, uh, because of the attention that they got. Yeah. Uh, the public mm-hmm. embarrassment they got. He yeah. he explicitly said that he considered that as part of the um, uh, as part of his calculation of deterrence that they already got a huge amount of negative <laughs> attention that is yes. horrifying, uh, which is definitely the stuff of my nightmares. Even though I would never do it, uh, never yeah. do the thing that got them that yeah. attention. But uh, yeah, if the judge thought that they had cooked the Chat GPT responses. Or that they wrote extra stuff in that ChatGPT didn't write in. I think they're. De- I think they would have been totally dead. So maybe they yeah. got away with a little bit. Yeah. Some right. other fun. Some other fun bits here. Uh, in this sort of situation, I absolutely would have expected that the defendant Evianca would have uh, asked for attorney's fees as part of the yeah. sanctions <laughs> sought. Uh, and paragraph twenty-one of the opinion here just says they didn't ask for it, and so we're not going to yeah. give them like. I'm a little bit disappointed that the judge just kind of didn't do that <laughs> sui sponte. Uh, it, right. It's hard because you got to verify uh, the actual amount expended on attorney's fees, uh, and like figure out hourly rate, how many hours were worked, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little I, bit surprising. I feel like they probably could have fi- figured that out because I mean, from the second they filed their motion to dismiss, every second they spent on that motion to dismiss from the, the response which was full of the fake cases and based on the fake cases. Uh, I think that could have been arguably part of the sanctions. And so, yeah, sure. Um, and then of course, like the reply to, or whatever it was, they, uh, um, when they actually did. Um, so preparing that reply, which said, we can't find those cases. And then looking at the cases they did that, that they attached and been like, no, these seem like fake copies, your honor. And writing that letter, Right. Uh, yeah. That would probably be traceable, though. Maybe they were just happy. I mean, so another thing about this is the plaintiff lost that motion to dismiss today also. So <laughs> the case is gone. So congratulations. You got sanctioned and also your case is over. Um, yeah. Maybe they're just happy to take that and, and run. But yeah, I think that might have just been an oversight that they were trying to duck. They were trying to duck and cover from a from a judge that was completely on their side and also extremely angry at the other side. Right. And yeah. it's one of those skills as a lawyer is to know when to stop making the argument <laughs> yes. because you've won. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though you're totally prepared to make the argument. And so maybe the, they just were like, look, we, we want to stay away from this because we have won already and yeah. we don't want to mess with that. I uh, also had the thought, I would think that Avianca Airlines mustn't be super excited uh, about this whole... I mean, great, they won. But yeah. how many airlines do you know a specific detail about somebody getting injured yeah. other than this one? And why do you know it, right? Like, if you're Avianca Airlines, a lot of people know one thing about your airline now. Your drink carts injure people's knees. Mm. That's the only thing they know. Hey, they know it exists. So that's, that's a true. step up for 99% of the people that have read about this case. I don't think no I had ever heard of it. If I ever no go to Columbia, publicity. I probably won't use them because I think they're bankrupt, right? So, yeah. <laughs> or, or did they come out of bankruptcy? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't uh, know. Yeah, I think it was a Colombian airline. Uh, I think so. But yeah, it's very Another- interesting. Another embarrassing bit about this, going back to the conclusion where the court is actually handing down orders. The court, in 13 years, I've never seen a court do this, uh, which admittedly is not forever practicing, but also I've never seen it done to anybody else yet. Uh, The court ordered the uh, plaintiff's lawyers to, within 14 days of the order, send a letter individually addressed to the plaintiff, their client that identifies and attaches this opinion and order. Like they had to order these lawyers to send a copy of this order to the plaintiff, their client, because they have no confidence that they're (laughs) actually telling this client the truth or like what's going on in the case. So like that's, that's pretty embarrassing too. Uh, and, uh, I, I mean, I can guarantee you that anybody in the entire world who knows Roberto Mata, uh, and follows the news <laughs> even remotely, like this guy's gotten plenty of calls, 
uh, unsolicited from reporters asking for comment about what his lawyers are doing screwing around. So yeah, the, I have seen. I haven't seen that from a court, though. I imagine you know I've had similar, like when you file a motion for fees or for sanctions uh, in Florida based on you know a um, uh, it being frivolous or not supported by the facts. A lot of the time, it ends up being a client versus attorney situation where, uh, you know, if the attorney is totally at fault, then maybe, you know, you have to talk to your client because, uh, right. you know, there's an issue of paying the fees that were sanctioned, part of the sanctions. Uh, but that's definitely, I know that's common in like disciplinary cases in Florida. And every time somebody gets disciplined in Florida, the Supreme Court attaches the condition that you need to send this, this, uh, you need to send this disciplinary order to all of your clients. Like that's one of the conditions. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't realize that wasn't common in other places, but that's, you know, that's what some of the fun stuff that comes out in Florida bar news, but it seems. I can, I can see it. I can see it happening in disciplinary cases, but this is yeah. not, this is a, a order in a regular case, not right. a question of attorney discipline and admission. So right. It's a, attorney in, discipline by another means. Right. And not normally the people to do that thing. Not normally yeah. the the venue right. where you'd have that that kind and of. And I expect I expect there's more coming. There just has yeah. to be. I think yeah. you should use ChatGPT to draft the letter that he sends. I think that would be the, the, the final. <laughs> his final. Well, something it's here. actually good at. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Go ahead. Why not? Mm-hmm. Nothing unethical about that. No. Okay, so you guys want to quickly talk about uh, the ongoing Reddit dumpster fire before we then yeah. get to recommendations and stuff. Yeah, we started I, with uh, Reddit a couple of weeks ago, right? We were talking yeah, about it when it was in its infancy. Uh, and apparently things have just gotten worse and worse. And Steve Huffman has just really decided to, Spez, as he goes by on Reddit, uh, has just really decided to dig in his heels and go full Elon on this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and he explicitly I'm, said they're not going full Elon, which is funny. It's one of those things where it's like <laughs> yelling at someone, that. I'm not robbing you. Yeah, and it's like, well, I've never been more certain that you are robbing me. Yeah, he said, yeah. this is not, uh, we're not going the Twitter route. That's not what this is. Okay, but he uh, he said that he took inspiration from Twitter earlier yeah. and yeah. from Elon specifically, I'm guessing because like Elon, Elon laying off like to like, Three, three quarters or five sixths of his workforce, whatever it was. Um, right. I'm not going to deny that a lot of these tech firms have too many employees and have people that doing stuff and that doing stuff that isn't right. really that necessary. Uh, right. But that was a totally different situation. Uh, but uh, the thing to me with it, when it comes to this guy that has really made it get go really bad. And I'm not saying that I'm not even sure any of this has a real effect on Reddit's like profitability or whatever, but it just keeps making him look bad. He keeps lying like constantly. (laughs) He keeps lying about the third party developers and things that he said to third party developers over. And by the way, this is all about Reddit deciding to it started because Reddit decided to charge an exorbitant amount to use their API. Ostensibly. because they said they wanted to keep it from being used to train language, uh, yeah, uh, large language models, so AIs, right? From okay. ChatGPT, that sort of stuff. That was ostensibly the original reason for charging for the API. That and that's sort of his first, to your point, lie. He, yeah. That is his first <laughs> argument, and now he seems to have completely abandoned that, and he's yeah. just talking about how, hey, man, you gotta, you know, you gotta pay for things you use. All these people need to grow up. They, yeah. that's just how the world is. And uh, sorry, go on. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's. I forgot about all like, of course. Yeah. There's like a million ways he put his, his uh, foot in his mouth. Like for example, saying, uh, we got this really valuable information. We're not just going to give it away for free. And of course the whole reason he has it is because the users gave it to him for free. Um, the, uh, he called mods landed gentry or something. Yeah. Uh, for throwing up their, their, um, uh, their protest blackouts. Uh, and yep. then after, and then you lied about the third-party app developers, right. uh, which for yep. years and years Reddit didn't have its own app. It, it you had to use a third-party app. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The and then after and then basically forcing the mods to reopen by saying we're just going to replace you. Like yeah. we're oh okay nice little subreddit you got there. If you don't open <laughs> up, we'll replace you. Yeah. Okay. And and so yeah, that's the that's 
so not only is it entirely user generated content, the moderation and most of the running of the site, most of the like day to day work of the site that isn't back end engineering was kicked down to volunteers, right? It was these people yeah, who were yep. running these subreddits. Oftentimes, some of the subreddits like Ask Reddit, some of them that are the, among the largest were run by just, you know, people doing it after work or whatever. And so this idea that now you're kind of spitting in their face and say and not allowing them to, you know, framing it in such a way that like they should be uh, glad that they they have this uh, opportunity mm-hmm. to do all this free work <laughs> is just sort of uh, he just clearly doesn't understand the Reddit community or like nerds. Uh, this is all just waving a red flag in front of a bull. Like you're just asking <laughs> yeah. for increasingly uh, insane responses. And I don't understand how he's not figuring that out yet. And so, yeah, so it started with the API thing. With the, They're going to charge for the API so that language models can't be used to train on the data. And that had me the, a point I wanted to make that I meant to talk about last, uh, two weeks ago when we talked about it is it that in and of itself is kind of a spurious argument because GPT and these other language models were never using APIs to mm. train the models. They were scraping the web. And right. you can still do that. Yeah. Unless he intends to put Reddit behind some sort of um walled garden type situation, like uh if you think about like how threads are in Discord, where like there is no website that you can go to read a thread in Discord. You need to go through the app. And so it's a little bit more difficult for like a web scraper, which is um so quickly, an API uh um program would use uh, things that are purpose-built hooks in the website to pull the data down, pull posts down, pull information down from Reddit. A scraper just basically pretends to be a browser window and just pulls all the text off the, the, the screen the same way you or I could read the text on the screen in a browser. A scraper works that way. So yep. unless he intends to do something to put that all, put all of Reddit behind a walled garden, that's already it either already has happened or it is certainly mm-hmm. going to happen. And so already I'm skeptical. I'm sure he has people around him that have told him that that is true. And so this is just a cash grab, I think, and uh, a series of attempts to make arguments for why it's not. And it's just getting increasingly uh, or getting less plausible as he goes. Yeah. yeah. So if if you want to uh, experience a really, really good deep dive into this topic, uh, John Gruber's uh, really good podcast, The Talk Show, uh, had Christian Selig on there, who's the Canadian developer of the Apollo app for Reddit, uh, which is on iOS. Uh, and I'll tell you, listening to this podcast and listening to, in particular, uh, Christian Selig get on there and talk about like his livelihood that <laughs> was just taken away. He's so very Canadian about the whole thing. Like he's just very polite and kind and patient and like put together and calm about the whole thing. Uh, but a lot of the points that he made about this were they were talking about not wanting to have their uh, asset, what Reddit feels like is their asset, which is all this community contributed stuff that's on Reddit now. They didn't want to have their asset used for companies like OpenAI, who Reddit feels like probably truthfully, a lot of their content, their content, I'm putting up air quotes, uh, was used to train these models and now these companies have valuations in the uh, hundreds of billions. Meanwhile, Reddit is trying to IPO and is looking yeah. at like a you know ten to twenty billion valuation, maybe uh, when they have what they feel like are the goods that right. enabled that hundreds of billions of dollars valuation. And so that's kind of where Reddit may be coming from a little bit, but the way that they're putting it with developers and API access just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense because uh, right now Reddit had had uh, a policy where they allowed something on the order of like 86,000 API calls a day. Uh, And to hear these uh, app developers who are making app readers for Reddit, they were making like, three to 500 calls a day per user or something like that. Like just an insignificant amount in the face of what they were permitted. And then if you take the time to kind of drill down and figure out what the value is of a single API call, we're talking about fractions of a penny uh, for server costs, infrastructure costs. Fractions of fractions, like insanely small. Infinitesimally small. And uh, it turns out what it's actually about is 
well, Reddit loses money because they don't get eyeballs on their ads because these API uh, dependent apps are not pulling ads in with the rest of the API, which is like kind of one of the big points about using these apps. Also, Reddit's own app sucks, and that's another point. But right, uh, and so like they're missing the you know twelve cents per ad view or something that they might get for you know Gardasil or whatever's being advertised on Reddit. Uh, and like, uh, okay, fine. Then there's a way to fix this. You either charge them a reasonable amount for that API call, or you just make it so that they have to accept ads in their API calls or something right. like that. Like you can specify the terms and conditions on which they can use the API, uh, but they're just, they're just not doing it. And, uh, it, number one makes them, uh, look scummy, uh, and dishonest. And number two, uh, is, uh, basically pulling the rug out from these guys who built these things on the hope and even the reassurance from Reddit like months ago that they're not going to do what Twitter did and make the pricing exorbitant. But it's basically uh, they're charging them something like 10 or uh, some order of magnitude higher than uh, what their actual cost is and what the opportunity cost of missed ad serves is. And so right. it's just incredibly scummy, incredibly dishonest. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I love Reddit. I enjoy Reddit, but it makes me want to not use it anymore. Yeah, me too. Well, you'll really not want to use it when you have to look at Pete Davidson eating a crunch wrap in order to, to use it. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I had to go through that as a official Reddit app user. There was a, a week of terror where every time you open the Reddit app and look at the feed, it seventy five percent of the screen was Pete Davidson eating a breakfast crunch wrap. Oh no! Um, and I've had nightmares man, like that. That was the worst. Um, but going back, going way back to the full Elon thing, uh, it I just thought about how similar uh, Spez's comment, uh, Mister H- uh, Huffman. Mm-hmm. Uh, his comment about Lamad's being landed gentry is is to Elon's thoughts on blue checks uh, and verified users from the old times uh, right. and how completely backwards it is that these mods are the ones. Imagine you get people to give you tens of hours of labor for free and you start tr- basically say, oh, these mods have too much power. We're, we got to get rid of them. Uh, and just like with Twitter and blue checks, Imagine you got LeBron James to write for your site for free. Right. And he's like, oh, I want to I want to make this miserable for them because I don't like how they have this this cultural cachet. Um, and so what what they what uh, Huffman learned was that you don't charge eight dollars. You charge, you know, 20 million dollars a year or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing he learned from from Musk really was, oh, I see. You, yeah. you should charge. You go even after more. the wrong people. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You target some other uh, another group of people that are giving their free labor yeah. to this thing. Um, it, talking about Pete Davidson eating a Crunchwrap Supreme. Did you see the uh, all the a lot of the uh, subreddits turned over to every post had to have something to do with John Oliver was yeah. the latest uh, uh, thing. This is yes. what I'm talking about with the waving the red flag in front of a yeah. bull. He just seems to not understand the crowd and doesn't understand that these sort of heavy-handed tactics are are 100% not going to work out. You may have a site when you're done, but it's yeah. not going to be the site you started with, and it's not going to be with the users you started with, and you're going to lose a lot. And so there is the uh, the hacker group that has said they're going to release. I mean, they're you know they're going to release it yeah. anyway, but they've said they'll release a trove of Reddit data if you know the API. I, I, my understanding of it is the initial thing was it's a ransom demand. You know there are no heroes here. These are not these are not great people. Um, they demanded like twenty million dollars, and then later <laughs> added in um, and listen uh, and roll back the API stuff. You know, let Apollo have their app. Or whatever. <laughs> oh, thanks, yeah. guys. But but twenty million first. We know we, then, we know which part you care about. Yeah, but then roll that um, back. Yeah, the, if those are the ones that are doing John Oliver are just the ones that aren't just straight up porn now because a bunch of yeah. like safe a bunch of normal subreddits became not safe for work subreddits because they can't sell ads on those. Right. Um, as so that Which was is the protest. super, that's super clever. I love that protest because yeah. now I can, I can tell I, I, you have a rough idea of if the terms, if certain terms are in the name of the subreddit, you know, that that's a place that, uh, is going to be serving adult content and you can make your decisions from there. But if you see like 
are funny or are mildly interesting and it's got an nsfw not safe for work uh warning on it like you know that what's happening here is not actual not safe for work stuff like you know that they're just participating to demonetize this because they won't serve ads in it like i'm here for that that's clever that's a clever way of using reddit's own systems against it uh and so i'm proud of those guys who came up with that not safe for work marking there's a John Oliver meme that I saw like a couple hours ago of John Oliver. It's this John Oliver, a fake John Oliver quote where John Oliver is telling people how to make like a, uh, uh, what's the, what's that? Your EU uh, information right to destroy your information. Law. GDPR. 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 Mm-hmm. How to make a GDPR request for Reddit to take down all your information. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, and then it had like a lake in the comments. So like people are, you know, the, the protest continues in like various ways as mod, as mods have been threatened for their individual, for their John Oliver protest for the not safe for work protest, basically saying, if you keep protesting, we're going to remove you. Uh, that's the implied threat, at least. Right, and install um, who though? That's the next question. Yeah. and then what? You're going to hold votes? Or you're going to you're going to yeah. hold an election for new mods? What? No. Who, who are you going to put in? These people have been running this this whole time. And or, do you have the employees to? You've you've laid off fifteen yeah. percent of your workforce already. <laughs> who who's going to moderate these now? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Uh, one of my favorite because one of my favorite uh, protests was after the landed gentry con- comment. Uh, like five subreddits, I think, decided to make every single user a mod- moderator. And so there was <laughs> no more landed gen- gentry. There I imagine go. those those subreddits immediately went went terrible. But yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Uh, that's a clever one. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas, I think we could probably wrap up with our sort of what's going on or, or recommendations or whatever. We're going a little long here. What do you think? Yeah, uh, sounds good. Yeah. Let's make yeah, some recommendations. Okay, I can make a really quick recommendation. I don't know. I don't think I've ever recommended this before. I've gotten back into playing Wingspan. I think I've talked about it with you guys a little bit. It's a tabletop card game, but the game I play is on iOS and macOS. It's uh, uh, like an engine building game, and the it's really well done. Like the apps are really well done. The the conversion, the you know the port, whatever you want to call it, is really well done. Um, mm. If you have any interest in birding at all, it's really cool. Uh, each card has the call of the bird that you're you're playing. You learn a little bit. You can play with your family. It's great. Wait, what? So, uh, wait, uh, wait. Where's the engine building co- part of this come from? From the, the, the so the card game is engine building. Basically, you're building and you're you're not necessarily playing against the the other people you're playing with. You're sort of building your own oh, little engine ecosystem. Okay. Yes, engine building. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, is this an engine like a game about? I thought we were talking about a bird game. And then we were oh anyway. like a building an engine for a car? No, no, yeah, yeah. you're building okay. an engine in in cards. But um, super interesting, great to play with. Uh, you could, uh, <laughs> I'd say, uh, kids over the age of maybe eight or nine can certainly play. Good for adults. You can play on iOS and macOS, and it plays. You can play over the internet. It's great. I think it's on Steam cool. too. Yeah, yeah. Wingspan. Cool. Wingspan. Uh, I wish I well. I, I I'm still playing Diablo two. I haven't done anything recently. I've been working Diablo two. <laughs> Diablo back four. To Diablo sorry. 2? There you go. There I, you I'm go. Feel, you know I'm you're still <laughs> playing Diablo two. Wow. Still playing. You know I could, uh, but yeah, Diablo four is still good. I think I was playing it last time. Uh, I mean it's gonna take me forever to play it at my current rate. What do, what do I recommend? Oh, I recommend. Um, I don't know if the, this. I recommend if your wife. Uh, texts you randomly. Uh, hey, I got Taylor Swift tickets in another state. Can I go there? Uh, I recommend saying yes. Okay. Uh, so that's what I've got going on in my life, which is this weekend I'm going to be taking care of the kid while my wife has uh, joins the the second class, the upper class of America, which is, as you know, divided into Taylor Swift concert attendees and those who have not attended Taylor Swift concerts. Um, okay. so well, at least for millennials. You. Yeah. yeah. I, I have not attended, so I, I will be, I'll be the a remainer when, when the, uh, <laughs> <Remainer>. <laughs> when the, when the Taylor Swift, all, rapture I always comes. knew that about you. Yeah. I'm a remainer. 
I'm going to make a non-video game related recommendation this week because I feel like we make a lot of video game recommendations. Uh, Seeger Rose is an Icelandic band uh, that became popular maybe a little bit in like the early to mid aughts. And then they did uh, some of the music for like the movie. One of the guys from the band did some of the music from the movie We Bought a Zoo. Uh, but they put out a new album maybe six days ago, a week ago, something like that. Uh, and if you are looking for really like ethereal music that you can put on in the background, that's just really satisfying, uh, very pleasant. And uh, you there's words and vocalization to it, but it's not going to distract you with the lyrical content of it, because I think most of it is nonsense in any language. Uh, hmm. it's just really soothing. Uh, I had it on while I was working this afternoon, hacking away at some, uh, documents for a case and, uh, it's great. It's just, uh, it brings me back to sitting in, uh, bars, drinking, uh, drinking beer in the mid two thousands and just like listening to this on the way home and, uh, just a satisfying sound. I really like it. I, I cool. remember them. I always like, I never knew them more than as a name that would show up on my playlist. And so yeah. I thought that was a person. I thought Sugar Sh- I thought it was Sigur Ross, and I thought it was a single individual person's name. Mm. Uh, so it shows how, you know, fake fan. Um, you might have so caught them. Uh, I think they did some music on the soundtrack for the uh, Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruise mega hit Vanilla Sky. Oh, well, I do. Uh, so, I do actually really like that movie. I, I, I that really movie. like that movie, too. We should have a watch party sometime, Jake. Yeah, or that uh, that movie or um, Abre Los Ojos. Is that the name of the Spanish version that it's based on? I do believe uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I need to rewatch that movie. That was a good movie. It's devastating. Now this is turning movie. into a. Yeah, this is turning into a Vanilla Sky recommendation. Yeah, look, look, Vanilla Sky. I I recommend it. It's an underrated I've never seen movie, it, but but I recommend it too, based on your recommendations. Look, <laughs> okay. Don't don't learn. Don't don't look it up. Just watch it. Just it's watch. A, yes, it's yeah. a conceptual, interesting movie. Going anyway. cold. It's the kind of thing. It's like the Fifth Element. You gotta watch it going in cold and not know anything about it. Yeah, the Fifth Element. Not fifth, is no, loves, not right? not Fifth Element. Uh, Sixth Sense. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say I was gonna say the, fi- the I haven't element. heard that What's about the, the fifth reveal? element, but you know, no, the mean... sixth sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Oh yeah, it's we like... have music. Okay. Yeah, we have music. We yeah. still have the outro music. We'll have it this time, as long as yeah. everything uploads properly. Yeah. Please, Zencaster. Please, Zencaster gods. Please. <laughs> <laughs>